Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everybody. It's Mike. It is late May as I'm recording this. And as you know, we're still in mourning of our beloved Gordon Lightfoot. But I did promise that we'd be coming out with a new episode around this time. And so we are. Three quick disclaimers I wanted to make about this episode. First is that when Adele was talking about one of Gordon's children being taken with her, she said, Miles, that is a mistake. It was actually Eric. Also, we recorded this before Gordon died. So if we're talking about things in the present tense, please understand that there's a context to that. The third thing I'd like you to know is that we're splitting this episode into two pieces because Endel and I enjoyed our conversation so much about Whispers of the North that we didn't realize we'd gone on for an hour. So this is part one of our conversation. The second part will be coming out in the middle of June. All right, on with the show. It's good to be back. The first guest of the evening is truly a poet. He's an artist. He is a friend and an inspiration to anyone who I think who has ever played the guitar uh, or tried to write poetry. Would you please welcome Gordon Lightfoot. Whispers of the North, soon I will go forth to that wild and barren land where nature takes its course. This is Carefree Highway Revisited, the show that celebrates the work of Gordon Lightfoot song by song, a proud member of the That's Not Canon podcast network. I'm your host, Mike Messner, and with me today is a fellow Lightfoot fan, making her third appearance on the show from Kapawa, Quebec, Adele Chalifu. Adele, welcome back. It's good to see you again. Thanks, Mike. It's good to be back. I'm hoping to make uh, world records of your longest guest ever. You mean the most appearances? Absolutely, yeah. All right. Well, we'll continue to work on that. (laughs) Now, the last time you were on the show was a little over a year ago. And when that happened, I think you had just become a mother for the first time. So how is your little one? And remind Mm -hmm. us of his name and the significance of it. Well, little Simon Gordon is fantastic. He is a year and a half now. So he's full-fledged feral toddler. So send help if you would like. It's been fantastic. I wanted his first name to be Gordon, but I lost that. Yeah, you Middle did. Name it went. <laughs> yeah, I think his dad probably had a thing or two to say about that, but that is perfectly okay. We're going to be talking about Whispers of the North and what it means to each one of us. And I have my own thoughts on it, but why did you want to talk about this song in particular today? Well, this song, I think, is probably top two favorites of mine of all of the Lightfoot songs. As a Canadian and as a Northerner especially, it has always just meant so much to me from the first time I heard it. Just the descriptions of his words and it's kind of like I had lived and breathed this song as a French Canadian with 
my ancestors going back to the first settlers of New France and, of course, indigenous roots and, of course, the voyagers. The song truly kind of evokes in me a sense of wonder and it's almost ethereal in it makes me think of what life must have been like in the early days predating any sort of settlers and just how quiet and mysterious the forests were and the only sounds were the oars dipping into the waters and it's just so majestic I guess and it always just has touched me as someone who's grown up in the wilderness and in the bush I mean right now I'm coming to you right smack in the middle of bushland we live on a lake and it brings just so many fond wonderful memories of even when I was a kid growing up at our cottage our dad used to take us canoeing early in the morning as we were young girls we just look at the nature watch the sunrise it just brings a lot of really fantastic memories and just gives me a almost visceral reaction whenever I hear it so that's a long-winded answer it's just one of my favorites so it sounds like it's really personally evocative for you, um, yes. you know, having lived and grown up in that area and to Absolutely. experience the same kinds of sensations. Right. Me being removed in all kinds of ways from it, yeah. I think to me, I'm looking at it on a Lightfoot timetable and mm -hmm. even on an album where he was really looking for a more contemporary sound and brought in people to produce and play on the Salute record. He hasn't lost his touch for mm -hmm. folk music or folk sounding music. And also, he's still able to talk about the Canadian wilderness in mm -hmm. a meaningful way, even in the 1980s, which was not known for being real focused on the environment. That happened more in the 70s and again in the 90s. But yeah. he still got it. He still has that spirit inside him, which we'll talk about more in a little bit. You mentioned your memories growing up. Can you say just a little bit more about what this recalls for you when you listen to the song? Sure. So on uh, my father's side of his family, his grandfather and his mother's family were involved in the fur trade and they were furriers. So because of that, we have lots of stories and write-ups of the things that my great-grandfather experienced being in the fur trade in Northern Ontario and the Indigenous peoples that he came across. And in our family, he had bought about 100 acres or so of land in the bush on a lake in Northern Ontario. And our family built a cottage. And that's where a lot of my French uh, family from Montreal and various places around Quebec would come and we would amalgamate in the summertime. Each family had their own cottage type of thing. And for us, my sister and I, we were there every summer with my grandmother spending right after school got out to Labor Day weekend. We were there with her running just feral and wild pine sap in our hair and stuck on our bodies, climbing trees, going swimming. Dad would take us on canoe rides. We would, we had electricity, we had running water, but that was it. It was outhouse. It was that sort of thing. All our supplies had to be boated in. And it was just magnificent hearing the stories of my grandmother, of her parents when they built 
the cottages and going to sleep with the spooky sounds of loons on the lake, which we'll talk about you and me, but seeing this, the full moon over the lake on the water and just all these amazing stories and just being at the mercy of, of nature, really, because if there was a storm, there was a storm. If our power got knocked out, well, it was a fire, you know, candles type of thing. So it was a wonderful way to grow up. And we never wanted to go home, actually. <laughs> we just, no, we I just can't loved say, it so much. I can't say as I blame you. I mean, it seems like just a perfect place yeah. to spend a summer, you know, oh, growing magical. up. Yeah, growing up in the circumstances that you did. So Absolutely. this could almost be the theme song to Adele Chalifu's uh, childhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, it absolutely would. I wish my grandmother actually was still alive because I'm sure she would have loved this song. I'm sure she would have really connected with it as well. Well, I'm sure she would also have enjoyed listening to you on my podcast. <laughs> what is your ideal setting in listening to the song time of day activity location any setting that you wanted to, to uh, create to listen to whispers of the north that's a hard one let me just say any setting is perfect to listen to gore okay we all know that obviously yeah. but for me it would probably be for sure at a lake uh, lake house or cottage or a camp Probably early morning when the sun is just coming up, you can see the sunrise and the colors over the horizon or early evening, which is about twilight, which is usually when the loons come out and they start calling and you can hear the calls echoing over the water. This is kind of like this spooky in between time. That's probably maybe like spring, summer or even sitting on a deck on the water listening to this during a, like a nice warm summer day and just kind of overlooking the water and just really imagining the images and like feeling the song that's, that's probably the best or on a boat or a canoe obviously but you might be a little bit busy on a boat or a canoe to be listening to music but that's that's probably like my ideal situation that sounds perfect and <laughs> I agree. I could listen to it almost any time. For me, my trips north are not quite as adventurous as yours were, but <laughs> my in-laws live in the very far north of California, right on the coast. I mean, just about as close as you can get and not be in Oregon is how, hmm. you know, close there. Every summer, sometimes my family drives up and then I fly, or sometimes they fly and I drive up, and sometimes we all go together. But I can think of myself listening to this song as I'm driving through the Redwoods and realizing, okay, I'm going to be in a world that is very different from the San Francisco Bay Area mm -hmm. and that I'm not necessarily used to, but is such a great escape from the pressures of living in Silicon Valley mm -hmm. that it's someplace that I always look forward to. So it is a whispers of the North. It's just a different kind of North. As it's just a different north. There's a north of everywhere, right? To quote Doctor Who, there's a north of everything and everywhere. So it doesn't matter. The north is the north. The north is the north and it's always got treasures, doesn't it? Absolutely. We'll be right back to our conversation with Adele Chalifu about Whispers of the North. But first, a word from a podcast partner or two. 
Hi, this is Audie Martello, the host of the Mostly Folk Podcast, a 60-minute foray into the music we all love. You will hear newly released albums, classic folk, country, and bluegrass music, as well as some traditional music that may or may not be true to the genre. Sometimes irreverent, often opinionated, but always entertaining. You may even hear a radio magic trick every so often, as well as numerous interviews via Zoom and telephone with established as well as indie artists. Mostly Folk is available wherever you listen to podcasts and always at mostlyfolk.org. Victorian Periodical Parade. Hey, this is our new podcast. We're going to make this podcast. It's going to be Victorian. It's going to be new. It's going to be us reading and then breaking it down in the same episode. Be excited. Listen to these horror stories that are actually going to be similar to your life today. This is the transition episode where we go from YouTube, Facebook into the podcast. This is what we're planning on doing. We have content already. Go ahead and watch, listen on YouTube and Facebook. Um, But now it's pretty much just audio only so we're going to bring it to you in an audio format and uh here it is we're going to narrate a book and then we're going to break it down into the things that you have learned about the victorian era and then the the crossover between the victorian era everyday life to the 21st century everyday life right victorian periodical parade Victorian Periodical Parade. Now, you did a little bit more digging on the origins of this song than I could. I did look through Nicholas Jennings' biography, and the song is only mentioned, I think, two or three times. And it's always in the context of the Salute album, not necessarily in the composition (laughs) of the song. So what did you find out about how Gordon sat down and wrote this song? I, like you, uh, looked through the Jennings book, which is a phenomenal book. So everyone go out and buy it and read it. From what I read, the song was written shortly after Gordon returned from his ninth canoe trip to Kazan River in Nineveh here in Canada. And it is stated that before this trip, exactly timeline, not sure, uh, but before this trip, his fiance Kathy Coonley actually had left him they she took their infant son I do believe he was nine months old or so they say in the book and she left him due to issues with his drinking so she left him and then shortly I guess after that he quit drinking he stopped drinking I guess for the last time and successfully stopped and then he went on his his canoe trip so it sounds to me from what I got from the book that he used some of the lyrics in this particular song really make me think that he used that particular canoe trip as inspiration for the song but I'm sure a lot of his canoe trips were probably inspiration for the song so that was the only thing I could really find which is too bad because I would have loved to known more about his creative process and where this all came from but that's all I could find unfortunately well we know that he wrote a lot of songs either 
on the canoe trips or shortly after the canoe trips because it was yeah. such a great solace for him and it gave him a lot of inspiration. We know Shadows was written in the mm -hmm. context of one of those. I knew that Kathy Coonley had been in the picture and I knew that he was separated from his second wife, Elizabeth, around this same time. So there is kind of a feeling of heartbreak in the song. Of course, it's not a sad song, mm -hmm. but you can tell that there's just a little bit of melancholy that even though he's out in, as you said, the bush, the wilderness, mm -hmm. way, way away from Toronto and everything else that was happening in his professional life, you can't run away from yourself. And no, of course, bringing that, you know, along with him and it's in his blood. It was underneath what he was writing at that particular of course. time. And I think especially living here in the bush, like we're pretty isolated. You can't help but feel lonely sometimes, even though you're surrounded by all this beauty and life. You know, being a stay-at-home mom right now, kind of stuck, you know, in this sort of situation. It's lonely and it's hard and you can't help but think, right? You can't help but replay memories and go over the what-ifs I could have, you know, all that stuff so perhaps that played into a part because when you're paddling in a canoe for nine to 12 hours a day you have a lot of time to think so I'm sure that did come up and uh, I also actually read that even during his relationship with the second Kathy we should call her uh, he was also still thinking of the prior Kathy who was a big force in his life so that's a lot to wrestle with when you're just at the mercy of the quietness and stillness of your own mind. Well, not only that, you mentioned that he's quitting drinking for the last time. And mm -hmm. for anybody who's trying to kick an addiction, it's a time of a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and a lot of yes. looking back at the missed chances of your life. And fortunately, he didn't write a whole song about that because I don't think either you or I would want to talk about that very Ugh, much. Yeah, no. But I think it was certainly on his mind, and we'll never know exactly what his train of thoughts were, but there were elements of a lot of the things that we've talked about here. Absolutely. So now let's look at the lyrics a little bit. Whispers of the North, soon I will go forth. So he's anticipating a trip back to the wilderness, to one of his canoe trips, and He's setting it in a way that this is before the trip, but he may have written it either during or after, mm -hmm. um, or maybe he wrote pieces of it in all three of those, but he's back where he loves to be and where he's found his connection and where his muse, if you will, really exists is in, you know, the Northern part of Ontario and, and other places in that area of Canada. To that wild and barren land where nature takes its course. And the contrast that I thought of is that if you're in the big cities, and in this case, it would have been Toronto or someplace in the yep. States, humanity is, is bending nature to its course. You think about mm -hmm. the last resort by the eagles. You think about manipulating nature or taking control of nature, dominating nature. Whereas here, Nature has free reign. It's not being dominated by anything or anyone else. Am I on track with that? I think so. I think it's really interesting the way, you know, the different ways we both look at it. You're coming at it from a, a big city kind of guy, you know, in the heart of 
I want to say civilization, but more people than I have around me, let's say. And I'm coming at it from more of a like bush, <laughs> a bush rustic kind sure. of idea. And for me, when he says, soon I will go forth, to me, it's like the initial push off to when you get into a canoe or a, a boat or a kayak or anything like that. You have to kind of jump in as you're pushing off the shore. So that's to me is like the initial, here we go into the, the river or the lake or whatever. And I love the word where the nature takes its course because it makes me think of how, and especially living out here, I mean, we have a generator, we lose power all the time. So we're at the mercy of nature, even in 2023, you know, nature is, it's wild, it's unpredictable, it's fickle, and it can be even destructive at points. You know, weather conditions can change at any moment. Like I said, we live on the lake. So one minute it could be beautiful and sunny and, you know, all these things. And then two seconds later, it's windy, it's gusty, it's storming. You can see the storm coming in from the other side of the lake. So you're at the whim of nature. And it, it's kind of beautiful. It's very humbling because as humans, we like to be in charge. But it's not like that when you live on the land or on the water or things like that. So. It's just such a good play on words. I just love it. Yeah. There's a great quote from the movie, The Man from Snowy River, talking about the Australian outback, and it's applicable mm -hmm. here too. The wilderness changes so suddenly. One minute it's like paradise, and the next it's trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that really kind of sums up. And that movie came out around the same time that this album came out. We'll be right back to our conversation with Adele Chalifu about Whispers of the North. But first, a word from a podcast partner or two. Hey, I just wanted to take a second to tell you about my latest podcast discovery. Fire Breathing Kittens is an actual play one-shot podcast that plays various tabletop role-playing games with a season-long plot. Because there's a beginning and an end to each week's story, you can start at any episode. Yeah, you won't miss a thing. Every week has a different combination of four from the same rotating cast of people. Join fire-breathing kittens as they solve detective mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. That's fire-breathing kittens podcast. Check it out. Attention listeners. The oldest record store in Toronto wants to buy your record collection. Cops Records is run by and for collectors. They know just how much heart goes into compiling your favorite music. Whether the vinyl belongs to you, a loved one, or a friend, they'll bring their 40 years of experience and sensitivity to every transaction. If you're thinking of selling a collection, visit Cops Records, that's cops with a K, records.ca, or call them at 647-347-0095. You can also visit COPS at one of their three locations in the Toronto area. Whispers of the wind, soon I will be there again, bound with a wild and restless drive that pulls me from within. And he feels a spiritual connection to this yes. region, and he's really impatient to get back there. He may have felt at that particular time cooped up or stifled, or I've had it with the music business for a little while. He certainly was at sixes and sevens with his relationships, both with his wife from whom he was separated and with his fiance, Kathy Coonley, maybe from his kids also. Yeah. Um, but he knows he's going to feel at home in the wilderness. 
I honestly think that if our gourd didn't end up to be a songwriter, I think he would have been a woodsman or a bushman, you know, living on just some acreage of property and just living his life, chopping trees and doing things like that. I really feel like, yes, music is one side of his personality where he feels comfortable and at home. But I feel like being in the wilderness, you really connect. And I really feel that that's where his spirit is. You know, he even talks about it as being a child in Aurelia, going out to the bush and connecting with nature. And I really feel like that's the other half of him. If he wasn't in music, he would be living off the land somewhere. Yeah. And he even mentioned that in 16 Miles to Seven Lakes, which we did not that long ago on this show. You know, I'm going to build a cabin in the woods and I'm going to forget. So he really feels like he's making new starts in some way every time he goes out there. And we can ride away, we can glide all day, and we can fly away. So now he's using the plural first person. He's using we, not just me, which Mm -hmm. implies that he's bringing somebody with him. And it makes me wonder, who is he talking about? And then I Mm -hmm. also realized, okay, he's riding, he's gliding, he's Mm -hmm. flying. All of those mean motion. And they don't necessarily imply that he's cooped up or that there are any limits because he says he can do that all day. It's romantic, but I'm wondering, who does he want to bring with him? Do you have any thoughts? Honestly, we love our guard and we know that he loved women. He loved his ladies. So it could be his kid, but I really feel like I know that Kathy Coonley went on at least one canoe trip with him, but she would go on a lot of trips with him when he was sailing around Georgian Bay, she would go with him for that. So, you know, I I think part of it is probably Kathy, number two, but I think a little bit of him was probably missing his initial Kathy because she played such a huge, important role in his life. So maybe both, maybe both. Yeah. And again, we'll never know exactly who he was talking about, but there's absolutely no question that Kathy Smith made as big an impression as any of the ladies that he'd been involved with in any context, marriage, out of marriage, one night stands. Yes. Yeah. They were just toxic for each other, but we've all been there, right? We've all had that person where, yeah, it's bad news, but you can't help the way you feel. I would just also like to say the words that he used, like glide and fly. I mean, if you've ever been in a canoe, it does feel like you're flying and you do glide over the water. And it just really, for me, because I'm a a lover of early Canadian history, it harkens back to me, the voyageurs in their canoes and how fast they had to, how many paddle strokes an hour and things like that. So, I mean, he's just a master writer, really, with the words he chooses. Yeah. And I think of the Coureau de Bois. That is something that we study in American history a little bit. Oh, yes, you have them too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a little bit of that. Whispers of the North, soon I will return again to those endless afternoons in sunshine and in rain. Now, why do you think he's using the word endless? I mean, is that because the afternoon is very, very long and the sun doesn't go down until about eight o'clock at night? Why did he use that term? Again, just a perfect word to use. If we're going at it by the angle of he just returned from his trip to Nunavut, Nunavut is quite north, you know, along with here in Canada, Yukon, Northwest Territories, and then there's Nunavut. Those places are called land of the midnight sun for a reason. So in the summertime, they would be having, I did some research on June 21st, so solstice, 
longest day of the year in Nunavut, they get 21 hours of sunlight on that particular day. So it could be a nod to the insane amount of sunlight that he's getting. It could be a nod to how long they're paddling for. To go back again to the Voyagers, for instance, they got very little sleep because they paddled as long as they could. Dropped, I think, at somewhere after 10, 11 p.m. And then they were back out of that 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. So could be a nod to that. It could be maybe a nod that he felt like he never wanted it to end. It could be many things. Who knows? I've had a little bit of experience with the land of the midnight sun, not in Canada, but in Alaska. I've been there twice. And the first time I was able to sleep with no problem. Second time, didn't sleep for a week. And yeah, and with all due respect to my friends up north, I was miserable <laughs> by the That's end of hard. about the fifth day. Yeah, I just wanted Absolutely. to go home. Absolutely. I so, did actually live in Alaska for a brief period. And looking outside at night at 11 o'clock at night and it's still sunny, it, it's not for the faint of heart. So I'm with you there. Yeah. And I've told Nancy, you know, if we ever go up there again, we are getting a hotel room that has a very thick curtain or I'm not yes. going. I'm not yes, staying absolutely. in anybody's house this time. You know, it's no, not no. going to happen. Absolutely. Whispers of my love, days and weeks on end, I will share my thoughts of her in prayers that I will send. So now he's missing his woman. We've already said we don't really know which woman. And she is clearly not there or he wouldn't be missing her. But then in prayers that I will send. Now, Gordon has never been a particularly religious guy. So where is the idea of prayers coming from? Any thoughts on that? Well, from my research, and I found it was pretty amazing, it kind of goes back to Kathy Coonley. I also found interesting that I did not know that Daylight Katie, phenomenal song, and Dream Street Rose, one of my other favorite songs, was actually written for Kathy, which I oh, think, okay. yeah, yeah, neat, eh? So. While they were together, she actually convinced Gord to start going to church. And Gord would sing at, I don't know if it was a midnight mass. It just said he would sing Christmas Eve at this church. And this is apparently a tradition that still holds strong to this day. So perhaps Gord was becoming more spiritual. I think it's really tough to be in nature and on the land and not feel spiritual just because because of everything that's around you. So maybe there's a connection there. Could well be. I think for me, although I, I'm fairly deeply steeped in Christian spirituality, I have a little bit of a transcendentalist in me that when I'm out in the wilderness or away from a city, that I do feel a certain connection to nature. And to me, that is the fingerprints of God. And I think a lot of American transcendentalists like Ralph Waldo Emerson really felt that very closely. So mm -hmm. I think he probably is having, again, a spiritual, I don't want to say euphoria, but maybe something like that. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know. It could actually even be that Gord being from Aurelia, a lot of indigenous people, a lot of indigenous friends, and their views of nature are very different than a lot of other people's views of nature, right? So their creator is in kind of everything. It could have been that influence as well. That about wraps up part one of our conversation about Whispers of the North. Part two will be coming out in the middle of June. Till then, this is Mike Messner reminding you, run for the roses, but don't forget to stop and smell them. We'll see you next time. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.